This year is brought to you by Eshel Publications. Eshel Publications is a non-profit organization dedicated to spreading the Torah, Shiurim, and Tzfarim of Rabbi Aaron Lapiansky. For sponsorships or more information, visit eshelpublications.com. This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. Good evening. I'm sorry about the mix-up. Those mix-up at the time. I'll call upon him. Um, I guess the topic is is a sore topic in many ways. Every time some scandal breaks loose and everybody says it's terrible and and so on and so forth. And the question really is: is is there any reason why we somebody who's Shomer and Zoya and many mitzvahs and with Mrs. Nefesh has a problem with this more than anything else. Um, Chazal do say a certain hierarchy of Lashon Hara is Kulam and the Gemara says Havak Lashon Hara, Gzela is Ruban, Arayas is Mi'utan. Um, so it's not exactly measured with uh, which is the strongest Taiva. One would assume that Arayas is the strongest Taiva. And yet, it's only mutant. Um, is is it the pshat people don't think it's very usher? What exactly are the factors involved? Um, and it's something that sort of helps us. The more successful we become, the more of an issue becomes. So I'd like to explore two points. Um, one more in terms of, I guess, a fundamental process. And one in terms of a more practical um, reason for it. Because I, I don't think, you know, sometimes people, when I was growing up, people, people didn't know um, about chatness. People just know it was usser. Nobody knew. And even the people who knew thought it was just like a humor of sorts. So that's why they um, were kind of not Zohar. So you needed somebody to get up and to say, Rabbi said there's an issue of shatness and it's terrible and you're not and so on and so forth. Hard to say that anyone has those feelings about Gneva or Gzela, whatever it is. That's, that's hard to say that. So a fiery schmooze on the topic of how terrible Gneva is, it's always good to be reminded, but I, I still don't think that that's the core problem, why we, we have an issue with it. And I'd like to speak about um, two things. Again, one is more fundamental to the process, and one is a more in the practical application. Chazal give us um, a certain understanding of how we come to be nichshol in our rias. Now, what Chazal are explaining are as follows. Just like when a person catches disease. So one thing we want to look at is what caused the disease, like the bacteria, the virus, etc. And the second question is, um, why did the immune system fail the person? Uh, people have immune systems, and we need to ask ourselves, why was it helpless? Now, Chazal tell us about Arias. So when you have something that is a rias, if a person would be um, in his full cognizance, he would say to himself, this is terrible, this is crazy, how can I do it? So there's a ruach shtus, 
that comes into the person and it becomes his ruach. So sometimes you see a teenager. You'll see a teenager. This is you'll see a teenager who's not stupid, who knows that this is uh, wrong to do, and so on, and yet um, he'll do something crazy. And you say it's like a mishigas got into him. That's the now. Yes, that allows for Avera to happen. The flip side of it is that he knows when he's doing it that it's wrong, and when the excitement evaporates, whether it's a teenager doing something reckless or crazy, or a person being nechsharayas, a person has deep regrets, feels very bad about it, and, you know, he, he might get sucked into it because he has the pleasure that keeps on pushing him, but at the end of the day, he never loses his seichel and his das. That is the mechanism that allows for Arayas to happen. And that's why the Rambam says, for instance, um, when he speaks about prevention of Arayas, he speaks about Schok and Kalos Rosh, Margil and Sodom, brings the Mishnah. And these are mechanisms that infuse a person with a Ruach That is one mechanism for Avera, and that's how Arayas is able to happen. For Gzela, we have a whole different way in which we we manage to work our way around the 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 the, the, the um, seichel and dasa person. The pasuk says, "Kiashochad yaave eni pikhim." Shochad distorts the vision of a pikeach, and therefore. Um, what happens is the person begins not, it's not as if there's two parts of him and his seichel says this is crazy and the Ruach Shtus says this is exciting but it's the very core of the person's seichel begins to bend and to twist and to see things in a very different way the Maral speaks about he says, why is the Einish that the person become blind? So he says, because that's the process that he initiated in his own neshama. What he did was, he took the Koach and twisted it. So just like when, you be- when somebody becomes blind, there can be a blindness because the, the, the mechanism of the eye has a problem. You have a cataract that clouds the vision or, or the retina, etc., etc. And sometimes, I know somebody born from, from you know, Mibet Meleda, she, she's blind. And the problem, the, the mechanism of the eye is perfect. The mechanism of the brain, which interprets what the eye is seeing, is, it doesn't work, whatever it is. So a person takes the mechanism that allows sight and by playing around with it to see things differently, the person is now incapable of seeing. So the morale says that what the person did was he, he blinded himself and therefore there's a physical ownish that fits it. The, um, it's more than he did something wrong. Chazal say that the iser of taking shochat is even when you take it to paskin like the party that's right. 
So Lamashal, Ruven Shimon come to you to Dintaira, and they hear the Tainus. I've heard the Tainus, and I've seen the evidence, and it's clear that Ruven's right. And Ruven slips me money. So I could so I'd say to myself, you know what? Ruven is right. And he's willing to pay for it, so it's a win-win situation. He's going to win the Torah because there's the win, and I'll get paid fairly for it. So that's called shochat. Even to, 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 to paskin, like the side that's tzaddik, you can't, and that's isa shechat. Because shechat turns a situation into, you, it, it, it twists the brain so that the brain looks at facts the way it wants them to be. That is the Isra of Shaykhat. So Bemela, the Shaykhat, the mechanism through which Shaykhat, um, through the, 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 the method through which Shaykhat um, affects a person and, and, so to speak, negates the Yitzhatov is not by introducing a foreign element into the person but rather destroying the person's own tov. It's, if we can use a muscle, one of the reasons why the AIDS virus was so, so terrible was because it was able to sabotage um, the, the person's own antibodies. And, 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 and the cells that were supposed to defend you became agents of the, of, of the disease. So anadoma when you have a foreign disease that comes into you and it fights, it can overwhelm you and damage you, but when you have something that subverts your own um, immune system, <laughs> then, then, then you're, you're, you are devastated, it's, it's gone. So in the world of mominess, it is something that is um, the mechanism that that allows a person's defenses to go down is not an outside force that overwhelms the defenses, but it's a corruption of defense itself. Meaning that if a person takes shochat, he's destroyed something in himself that he can't use for any other time either. He begins to see things differently. A rebuttal Pogamansky was one of the giants of of in the literary Shiva world pre-war, he was tells us Lapotka, he was a Goyen Olam extraordinary figure, he wasn't married till after the war, for a very short time, he was Nifta and he used to say, he was also a very big Balmusa, he actually was also Balchuva by the way, he, he was not from until he was about 20 uh, which was, and, and he became from, he was a Goyen Olam and he was one of the great figures in, in the in Shivrub, my father remembered, and, and anyone who learned and tells Slabotka knows the name of Pogamansky. And um, he used to say, he says, it doesn't speak about the, that particular case. He says, you become blind for life. And he would say it in a very picturesque way, from now on when you walk in the street, you will step on a baby because your vision has become so distorted, you don't <laughs> see what's going on around you. That's the, that is that mechanism. I'd like to add a point of Hezber to why it's like that. The Goyen says, a Mishle, 
he speaks that there are two fundamental drives for that are for bad in a person or potentially. One is called koachatavani, which means physical pleasure, physical drives. And then there's koachakaasani, which we would associate with ambition, desire to manifest self, to realize self, things along those nature. One of them gives birth to all of physical averis. So the koach of tavani is the koach of um, food, drink, women, etc. Anything that gives a person physical pleasure. Koach ha'ka'asani is all of which all all um, the midas like kas kina sinna. It's where your ego and self don't either want to extend themselves, want to realize themselves, something along those lines. So the Goyen says, Mishle has two constant women that try to lead people astray. There is the woman who is Nachria, which would translate to be a Goyesha woman, and there is the Isha Zara, someone else's wife. So the Goyen says, a koyach of taiva is is nochri to klal yisrael. The beetzim should not have any shaykhs. She's an outsider. Physical pleasures are not the atzmis of klal yisrael, and and therefore, in a certain sense, he says a person who is indulgent is furthest away from the core value of klal yisrael. The Isha Zara, the Koch Kasani, <coughs> the Goyen says, that is really the Koch that Ruchnius rests on. Um, who are you? Don't you, Akadish Baruch created to live? Don't you want to live? Don't you want to be? Um, the Sashom speaks about how a person in this world has a problem when he's, when he's, when he's not chashiv enough. How about in the world to come? The desire to realize self and to make yourself um, a, a, a gavra rabba in whatever music you're talking about is core to Klal Yisrael also. The question is, what realization? What ambition? What does it mean to be great? Chashem and so on. So the Goyen says, physical craving is totally alien to Klal Yisrael's Metzias. There's nothing good about it as such, and therefore it's just like he says, a woman who's not Jewish, there's no way to marry her. She's not shayach to you. It's, it's, it's of a different world, of a different kind. The, the, the kasoni, the, the woman who is someone else's wife, she could be your wife, she could have been your wife, but right now, it's someone else's. So in the kochos hanefesh of um, greed, ego, realization, there's a place where that's real. A person should say to himself, forever and ever, I'm going to be a nobody. The wanting to be something, realizing yourself, is a core value. But if realizing yourself is driving a fancy car, or, or having people say, wow, you know, then we have a problem with it. The, the desire, the reason why Ruach Shtus is alien, like we described it. 
it's a different force that comes into a person, and it's outside. It remains an outsider, and when and and when when things settle down, you will never mistake it for yourself. A person who's addicted will never mistake. He'll be he'll be he will he will kill or die to get what he needs, but he'll never mistake that that drink is who he is or drugs is who he is. On the other hand, a person whose money is very much at the heart of a person's sense of self. Um, you know, occasionally a person will steal something because he needs a particular dollar. Most of the time, it's a sense of success. It's a sense of measuring ourselves, of who we are, what we are. We, we, we rate things by how much they're worth. And, and, and therefore, it touches very strongly on kochas nefesh in a person that are self. And, and therefore, when, when, I, when I learn to look at it wrong, I distort something in a core of self. So one reason why we're going to have a very hard time dealing with, when a person, for instance, decides to, to he does trade for food or any other temptation, and he says no, afterwards he feels good. I, I, I missed out a pleasure I could have had. But when a person resists a good deal, it's a lot more than that. A person is sacrificing a piece of self. Okay, so I'm just a, an, another loser. Another, you know, one of those many people sign kind of not very important, nameless, running around, you know, kind of just um, doing nothing really. And that's a hard one. Success of in, 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 in a financial area is very much aligned with a person's sense of self. And that's why it becomes so difficult. So, A, the drive is a very internal drive that can't be gotten rid of. Two, the, um, the, the, the effect that it has on the person is, I need, in order to be able to do that vera, I need to play around with it, and so to speak, um, and so to speak, um, distort it, and that's how I get around it. So the first reason why this, the nisayan of honesty is so difficult is because we're not talking about an external craving or temptation. We're talking about something on a very deep level comes from who a person is, mitzadatov, who a person should be, self-realization. And that, therefore, it's so difficult with. And the mechanism that we utilize to cope with our understanding of right and wrong becomes permanent damage to a person's sense of right and wrong. That's one point I wanted to touch on, which I think is, is a fundamental point as to why it takes a lot more work to deal with it than it does to stay away from physical temptations. I want to mention another area, another, not another area, but, but another point which I think is a lot more um, practical the practical meaning in the sense of it deals with the practical aspect of it rather than the, under, than, than the um, inner underpinnings. <coughs> we have a very hard time living 
um, with ideas and concepts and translating it into um, reality. Um, you know, we, we, we think with pictures, we think with, 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 with um, things, and we need models um, to, 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 to emulate. So, for instance, um, tray for food is something that is physical, it's there, we know what it looks like, We've been taught since we're children, this is treif, this heksha is not good, this is good, and so on and so forth. So the picture, the physical picture of something um, kosher, not kosher, is very, very strongly ingrained in us as a picture. It has very sharp parameters. This is kosher, this is not kosher, this is fleshik, this is milchik, this is machlik, this is shit, this is a stamchol, this is this, this is that. We have a very clear sense of it graphically, <laughs> and therefore, um, it, it, we don't have to use our mind so much. If we, if, we, if we stop by a store and we wonder if we can eat or not, we take a look at the tuda, we, 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 we think of what people said about the store, and the, 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 the answer is yes or no. Um, if it, that's, in a certain sense, it's easy because we've always been taught that in in in, in um, real live um, real live examples, a person knows about arias. He knows what is usher, what's wrong, and the question is yes or no. But defining arias is easy, and it's something the person knows. And especially because it's always been fleshed out. It's it's always been it's said this and this and this. We now go to a world that is very, very um, different. Choshen Mishpat in general is very difficult because it's very hard to flesh it out. Um, the cases you talk about in the Gemara have very, very little um, resemblance to the final halacha. A person can learn in yeshiva um, Baba Metziyam, Baba Basra, Baba Kama, and it never, he never formulated a picture of it in real life. There was, there's no, it, 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 it does not translate in any picture regarding business practice. So telling people something, um, you know, not telling them, misleading a little bit, giving an impression, zero. None of that. There are cases of Ono on the Gemara. There is a parak, and most yeshivas don't get to it. They're from Metziah there in the beginning, or Shoal, or, you know, it's not, it's not, but okay, there are, there are studies. But again, the cases and the examples are far removed from the cases and examples you'll meet in day to day life. So, do we have any image in our mind of what's unethical, what's outright Gzela, what's Ono? We don't. We have maybe an image of a Gemara, a, a true case, and nothing over here. Trafes is a little kid. It's the same piece of candy, the same piece of chalk, same heksha. So is this heksha good or not? It's been the same thing from when you're 5 or 50. That's, or that's, that's the same. It's basically the same thing. But over here, we have nothing like it. So we, we, we're, we're all of a sudden cast into the world 
where it's it's just <laughs> we have to stop thinking and asking ourselves um, yes no um, is it such a shaila such a shaila nothing in our mind that's built up over the years saying no this is terrible this is bad and and it's and it every case is very different you have some cases that are fine in Cheshmish but some cases that are over the red line and some cases that are really bad and and, and we almost have even if, even if we ask a shaila once, twice, three times, we have a very very hard time applying it the fourth and fifth and sixth time. That's why a dayan is a, um, a a very hush of a position. And two, you, 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 no two dayanim may even tell you the same thing in the same case. It's 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 it varies in so many factors that case by case, whatever dayan paskins, that's that's what you go by. So we have a real hard time with being able to do something with it, because you don't have those physical models. That's one area that is deficient in our upbringing. Now, it's, it's, it, it, it's, it's very difficult to create situations where we could teach it. But I'm just saying, it's a metzius is, we have nothing that we walk into a world where we are totally immersed in Choshim Mishpat, and we have no previous graphic models of things that are treif and things that are kosher and things that are chil and things that are yavit. A second area, and it's the, a child grows up most of what um, inspires us and gives us um, and, and gives us models are stories that were taught in, 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 in yeshiva. It's not pleasant to say, but the stories probably occupy much bigger part in the spiritual life than do the, the actual teachings. Um, that's that's uh, part of the course. It's always been like that. Um, the, so if we ask ourselves, the stories that we um, tell our children, what are those stories about? I'm talking about the stories, chinuch stories. So, if you're chiddish, a lot of ma'ifsim, and and with a message that rebbes can do many many nisim and flaws and ma'ifsim. Admittedly, my personal stories were short on that count, and uh, you know that's okay. Hasmada learning, the vilagoyin, how many hours learned during the day, and Reb Zalmula, and 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 and, and 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 so on and so forth. And, there's nefesh from mitzvahs, the Yudhika mitzvahs, where the stories like that. Um, you will get stories about chesed and Avas Yisrael. Those are all stories that are part of our lore, a part of our Masorah, of, of what we teach our children. I, I, would, I don't know where the Olam's from, I don't know where, where, where everybody learned, it came from, and, what, and so on. But I would, I would like to ask, myself included, how many stories do we tell our children about people who had temptations um, to do wrong in Choshim Mishpat and in Mominus, and yet overrode their temptations? I wonder. I, I, would like to, I, would like, I would challenge people to go through the storybooks and to find them. Um, how many how many um, stories are there of people who existed in Stulwa Matzliach 
And how many stories are there of people who didn't, but felt good about themselves, did honestly? I want to share a story that made an impression on me as a grown-up. Um, I, had a, I had a cousin, Zechariah Vracha. His name was Yisrael Gans. His father was the Mashkiach in, um, in Shalabim. And a very special person, very, very special person. His son was born with, I think, like cerebral palsy or something. I don't know exactly what it was, but limped. He had certain physical handicaps from birth. He never allowed that to stop him. Never wanted to take the easy way out. Whatever everybody else had to do, I have to do. Um, no, that was the person. The, um, he was 90 years old and crossed, ran to get a bus to go to yeshiva, was killed. And at his hesped, a rabbi of his said the following story. He said he, he was taking a test in yeshiva, and the rabbi walked by and he saw there was a question, like a, a multiple-part question that was blank. So he said, Yisrael, why don't you fill it in? He says, doesn't know. So he said, but it's like a six-part question. You can probably try a few parts, and you're sure you get like two, three, four right. You get partial credit. So he said, in Hebrew, obviously, he told the, the rabbi, says, Ani lo chafif. I, I don't drink a cup. If I know it, I know it. If I don't know it, I don't know it. How many stories like that have we exposed our kids? How, how many times have we told our kid, you know, the, the grade may have not been glamorous, but it was honest. You did, you worked hard, you did what you could, and more than anything else, that's important. How many times? I want to tell you a story that one of my told me them, and gave me tremendous nachas. Um, there was a Talmud was in Shiva many years ago. I wouldn't say he was the biggest master in Shiva. He was, let's call him Lebedic, Geschmack, enjoyable, you know, um, but not the person you would associate with, with Chavetz Chaim stories of extraordinary tzitkis. He was a, a Geschmack guy, defined, but that was him. He went to work. He was single still. He was dirt poor. His father was a chinuch, is a chinuch all his life, and basically he was very poor. And the and um, he went to work as some sort of um, some sort of company that, that sold stuff on the internet, and was doing well. You know, he had pinos, he was able to help his parents actually. And he calls me up one day and he says, "Rabbi, I have a problem. I think that what they're doing here is dishonest." And I, and he described it to me, and it was borderline Zayla. And I was trying desperately to find some heta because I knew how poor he is. I didn't know if he had money for the next day to live on. You know, he was, he was, he was dirt poor. I knew he was helping his parents. And I was trying to figure out what is his role in this. Is he misagay? And I was, I, and I kept progress. I said, so who says this and who does this? And that, <coughs> after the third or fourth question, he says, Rabbi, if this is not Yashar, I'm out. I'm not looking to be a, a, a Ghana for the Heta. And he walked off his job. Um, he found another job later that night, actually. But I don't, I don't want to make this into a Mephist story. I, I, I really, and, and I said to myself, here's somebody, I, I was really astounded. I was my, my, here's somebody who, you know, it, it didn't come out of, it came out of a very solid sense of, if it's wrong, it's wrong. And, and, and it, it, 
you know, I, I, was, I was trying to f- figure out how exactly do we do it. It's 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 tough for many reasons, um, and I think it's it's Baruch Hashem. It's a challenge because there's much opportunity, and wherever there's much opportunity, there's also much issues. But being able to find so, and in the big picture, <coughs> one would suggest speaking about halachas in a way that in in halachas and mishpat in a way that is real, true to life. Um, we, we need to be able, just like with with candies and with cookies, we're able to say if it has this O U O B O C whatever it is, if it has that then it's, that's kosher, and if it's not, it's not kosher, and so on and so forth. We have a very clear and vivid impression <coughs> of what it is that, that's awesome with her. We have to find a way to do it with um, Mishpat, to give cases that are real life. Um, it takes people who, who can give those cases, and, 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 uh, be, and also people who can translate into halacha, what you can, what you can't do. Every business is trying to sell something, um, and yet, what are the parameters of making something attractive? Not what is not telling people yes, like, whatever whatever they are, um, finding ways to learn halachal ma'isa of the parts of of Chosha mishpat that are um, that are relevant to what goes on in day to day commerce. That's what we live. Secondly, um, being able to find and emphasize those stories that bring out this part of it. Um, we, we, you know, it, it's just like a Rebbe who feels that his classroom is weak and filler is going to find stories that um, inspire filler. And a Rebbe that feels his classroom is weak and Talmatora is going to find stories. It's true that while a, a, a child is in yeshiva, so his the Choshen Mishpat issues are, are relatively limited. You know, it, it, it is not dealing in, in so many things. But they, when, they, when they become relevant, it's going to be past the story stage of Chinuch. It, it, those stories of people with, you know, ironclad honesty and clear sense of mine and his and, and so on, it, it, it'll, it'll be late. There's no picture of that. Um, so, so those are things I would suggest. And again, this is no one person going to do it. But I think if we if we think about it enough and consider it enough, it will be helpful. So, if we going back to our original question, it, yes, our door struggles a lot with this because we have so much opportunity and such a need to be successful by measures of. Um, where we are financially, it, it's an Isayan. We can't get away from that. We need not just fiery drushes about how terrible Zela is, because I'm not sure that that exactly is the problem. I mean, I think most people understand it's bad, and, and, and when they open up a newspaper and there's another picture and another story, you know, it, 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 it makes us cringe. Um, so I, I don't think that that's the area. I think, A, understanding the inner mechanism, if we value ourselves by this, we are going to get into it very quickly. And the minute we learn to fudge clear lines of Emes and Sheker, 
it stays as permanent damage. When a person is nichshal in Avera of craving, it, it may stay as a need for more pleasure, but it's very, he's never distorted really inside. He knows he's wrong and terribly wrong. But when you distort those lines of right and wrong in, in the world of Mominus, you permanently cripple yourself. And you hear sometimes people say things, you say, they can't believe it. They can't, they can't really think that this is, is, is okay. And, and, and sometimes you just see they, they've gotten so used to, 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 to twisting things that this is, you know, at some point it just remains twisted. And I think building those paradigms of right and wrong much more graphically than, than, we, um, than we do today. Understanding if this is an insane, we have to start early. It means creating halachic works and teachings that speak about real life situations. It's tricky. A child may not understand business dealings. Yeah, you, it, it, will, it will require a lot of thinking of how to translate it into cases that a child can understand. And secondly, um, it being able to find those stories of Dolisrol and Pasha people that um, that stood strong with it. If you learn to build a model of a hero who this was this was his gvura, then I think it will give paradigms for children to follow. Those are two areas that I think may be of help as Hashem. Um, there was um, the Rosh Kerl spoke about questions and answers or whatever it is. So. If there's any questions, answers, or whatever, I mean, yes? For instance, give me some, some example, I'm not sure. I'm sorry, what? Well, it's not even a problem in Shiva, but okay, not okay. So, well, uh, thank you, thank you very much. Um, that also, it might be a point to, I mean, the Gemara speaks about you can't give a child, um, you can't give him a, 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 a remote instead of an esrig because the Osila Misrach. He, he, you know, when he becomes an adult, that picture will stay with him. That it was okay. It might be a lot of thought about um, what you want to condone in behavior if this becomes a permanent part of it. And the fact that, you know, the way things were done, when you teach a child to bend the rule, even if that case, the rule was stupid. But... Um, but once he loses, you know, that, that uh, things are made to be gotten around, then you create a problem. And you need to think, you need to ask yourself twice if this is, if this is right or not. It's a good point. Yes? Um, about um, a couple of years ago, there was an individual who um, was sentenced to federal prison for um, financial crimes. And his release from prison was widely celebrated. Um, in the front community. Um, a rub in this town um, objected, saying that his release um, should 
should not have been celebrated in such a public manner by the community because what he did was, in essence, a, a terrific Hashem. And that rub was roundly criticized by other elements of the community. Um, it would seem, how does the Rosh Hashiva explain um, in such a case, um, and there have been others, um, why is there not more widespread communal condemnation of these actions and a, something like a call for, just like there was an internet asifa, perhaps there should be a call for a business asifa? So, actually, on the second part, there was, um, I, I know I could have had for a few years um, business asifa, they were called Dina Machus asifas, and um, I actually listened to recordings of it. I was in New York. And they were actually quite, they were very good, the, the lectures. Um, I, I think, generally speaking, whenever it comes to big affairs, it, there's usually a swirl of different reasons why something happens in a certain way. Um, I, I, I don't know all the details of that case, and... I, I, I've learned over years that you, when, you're, when you're not directly involved, you usually hear bits and pieces. But, you know, in every case, there's a sympathy for a particular person. There may have been reasons why certain things were done. There may have been reasons... I, again, the, the, the celebration is, is a, it, there's a problem with the public way it was celebrated. Um, I'm, I'm still from the old school with thinking very clearly about what do other people think about this. So yes, you have a particular take on it. Even if it's right, um, what, what do other people think about it? Um, and I, you know, I, I, you know I, I, my, my father was still in a country where people actively persecuted, so but mainly you're very sensitive to it. I, I, you know, I wondered about that. Um, I also, I'm also, the problem is on a, on a public level, it's hard to give nuanced uh, understandings. On the one hand, um, a person might have been a very good person, a very positive person. A person might have done a lot for people. A person may have been <laughs> given a tremendous dose of suffering, um, maybe far beyond. On the other hand, a person did do something that wasn't right. Um, and so, I, 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 you know, I, at some point, I, personally, I, I, anything that happens in, in a public arena is overdone in either direction. I do think just because somebody has done something, has been sentenced, there's another part to it. If, you know, and, and a person, you, you, can, you can resonate with a person's personal geula and yet understand that there are big parts of it that need to be, that's, but, but that was wrong, and, you know, and, and so on. Um, so I, I don't know. I, you know, in, w w once something becomes public, it, it becomes an extraordinary distortion <coughs> to one side to another. I, I'm, I you know, it, it's sort of. A, I'm, a, I'm not a player at a press level. Just help us. I do think people need to bear in mind that that person is a very positive <coughs> person, person who really helped a lot of people, person who cared about people. Um, the person's the, the the what was leveled on the person was extraordinary by all accounts. The the, the suffering that that was, you know, th there was a Hatzala. On the other hand, there was wrong. And being able to balance those two feelings is hard enough for a person to do on some, but on the 
publicity level, it's, it's like the newspaper needs to write either a story about a hero or a villain. There, there are no people that are, that are mixed. I don't know what to, you know, it, 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 it's, it's the problem. Anything that becomes public, it, it, it becomes distorted in, in, in any every direction. Yes? Um, you've mentioned a couple of times the, uh, you said it creates permanent damage yeah. uh, when you start blending or blurring the lines between truth and, you know, maybe bending. It's not already right What uh, practical advice do you have for some of us who may have stumbled and fell flat and, you know, and made those mistakes? So I kind of to undo the damage, undo the permanent damage. That so, I once heard of Yaakov Weinberg, and he, you know, when a person learns Gemara, when a person is learning Be'iyun, and a person asks himself honestly, so what should be the halacha here? So what's it in there? You retrain your mind. I mean, the first thing that a person can recognize it means that he hasn't been, um, that there's still something there that's very sensitive to truth. That, that in itself is extremely... Admirable that a person is still holding there, um, and the, uh, the the I mean, you know, you, you see people w- will hold by two things that are absolutely <laughs> contradictory, except the, the common denominator is both in his favor. You, you'll see people pushing for things that are in their favor, and then and 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 you know, taking two contradictory sides or something. I, I think understanding that. And then the learning itself, if a person learns honestly, the core of Talmud Torah, like Gemara, is a search for the truth. So is this what it means? Is it not what it means? So how does it translate this pshat? So I think that Torah is meant to, to train a person and to get him to understand emes. And Hashem. But I'm saying the fact that a person can look back and say, you know, I've been playing around too much. Um, I, I think is an extraordinary statement of a person. Yeah? I mean, yes? Maybe uh, to tie in the first two questions a little bit, be more practical. I understand that, you know, when you talk about stories, I agree with you, but one story that I always remember was the story about the, the Jews in Russia, and there was a tax between Jews in Turkey and Jews in Russia for tobacco, and the, there was a, a big rob, and he uh, ran around face he couldn't find any any chumas, but he could find everybody was smuggling. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, to me, that was a story where Jews in history, especially in modern, the last 500 years, the government was sort of the enemy. Yes. And um, and the Jews had special taxes. They were always being persecuted. They would make too much money. They'd be kicked out of England. So the, we built this mentality that it was okay to deceive or disrupt the government, which I think ultimately then can, by what you're saying now, go over. So... It seems even within Chazim Mishpat, there seems to be a dual honesty level between the Jews and non-Jews, and I think today's world that can be very dangerous, especially now that we have Israel, it may be even more clouded because now you have the Jewish government, whatever that means, right? So I think you know this idea of, of the stories with double standards. A lot of it stems from it's okay to to do something to a certain group of people, not not necessarily good for other people. And then it becomes clouded in the way you just do business in general. Any comments? Yeah, I, I mean, I think you're right. I mean, I had, let's not go back. I mean, my parents lived in New York. They were, they were older people, they were survivors. So the script of life was basically that you could not, it was impossible to live without lying because that was the reality there. Um, 
I had a daughter and son-in-law who lived in Russia for quite a few years, that yeshiva, or some of you might know, Kiba Yosevich, uh, Olyakov, and everything worked with bribery. I don't know the Russian olam here. I mean, that, that was that was what life was was built on. Uh, you know, it's it's uh, it, it was a reality. It, it was an unfortunate reality, and it, 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 there's a, there is a there's a passage that says in ikesh sispatol that with a straight person you you deal honestly with a crook. Um, you have to go round and about. For instance, if, if somebody's holding a gun to your head, if you can lie to him and get and get out, then you have to do that. Um, life in Europe, I mean, I, I, again, I read that in, in Russia today, if you want to pay taxes by the book, you owe more than you earn. And, and, and that's why basically what it does is make everybody into a thief, and that's why it's a horrible society, because, you know, it's a society where there are no rules, and everyone knows it's just a game. So basically, you're back to an anarchy. But you, what we do have to, Baruch Hashem, we live in a society. Yes, it's not perfect, and it's not. This, but at the end of the day, it, it functions as a, as, a, as a reasonably civilized society, and we need to consciously break away from it. Um, you know, people that are identify themselves more as American have an easier time with it. Other people still like that. Yes, it's true. That that's that's where a lot of it came from. But 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 um, we have no choice because what will happen is um, we'll never be able to build a, a, a decent society. If, if everything is underhand, then you have no society, and and you, there are no countries run like that that have healthy economies and societies because it, it, it's it's basically a mass anarchy. We need to teach our children whatever was was. And in those situations, you know, if, if you cheated a Nazi, if, if, you, if you told him you're not Jewish, that you weren't committing a crime, and, you know, if, if, you, if, if you got hold of a potato and, and ate it and saved your life in Siberia, that was, that was not stealing. That was doing what was right. But Baruch Hashem, we don't live like that today. And we need to re-educate ourselves and our children. We have no choice. I, I, you're right as far as the background is, but Tachlis, there's a, there's a world. Yes? The thought has been floated that to the extent that people live amongst um, a foreign nation, so like uh, they were actually saying about building a society, so to, to a certain extent that a person doesn't feel like a member of that society uh, in full, and that this is the society I'm looking to build, so then there's not that same feeling of... Um, Obligation to that society. Well, there's a big difference between obligation to um, negation. In other words, we appropriately don't feel ourselves as American <coughs> at the core of ourselves. We're Kali Yisrael. But not feeling American has nothing to do with not acting honestly. And that honestly has to do with being Kali Yisrael. And, 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 and the fact that you don't feel that your life's accomplishment is helping build America and you feel as a guest in America, you know, when I'm in somebody's house, I'm a guest, I, I'm, I still can't take the silverware. Even if, even if I'm not interested, I have no interest in this family becoming wealthy, but taking their silverware is not recommended. As, as it's not, not a, a very, very... Uh, so you it could be a contributing factor to... 
It could be. It could be. We also had, you know, it's interesting. We we didn't have in in Europe. It was in Eastern Europe. Um, the people around you were barbarians, and, and the question was how to deal with it. I, I can't sit in modern America and say how people should have dealt with them, because they weren't. And 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 you know, I, it would be naive of me to think. But one thing I can say is there's no justification for it over here. You know, it's uh, I, I I I can understand why we got to where we got to, but 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 that doesn't that doesn't become an excuse. <laughs> an explanation is not an excuse. Yes. Did write about it in the book, and, you know. So, 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 yes. Uh, as he said, this is a very wonderful segue to advertise. But I didn't, I didn't come. Oh, I, I didn't. What? <laughs> I don't want to mix business with pleasure. So, the the, um, the answer is yes. It's like everything. Um, every every time there's a let's see, there's a challenge. It takes people to keep pushing the agenda. It's, you know, what happens is people work with inertia. I, you know, in my life, I've seen many positive changes in Kalyasrol, and it always took anything, people are, are, have a comfort level of doing what they're used to doing. 
if it would be spoken about more and pushed more and so on and so forth? The answer is yes. The problem is, like you mentioned a whole bunch of things that are all upsetting. You'd have to learn how to quantify and and explain um, you know, these different behaviors. Like I said before, you need concrete models. The common denominator is they're all extremely upsetting and, and you know and, and but but you need more concrete models, that's one issue. I, I also would take an issue with something that you said about asking up Shulka Kamenetsky. Um, there's a tendency today that every problem goes to the God Lador. It's a real problem because what happens is you, you're asking a child to somebody who may not have the time to hear it totally, who doesn't know you, doesn't know the people involved. Do we not have anybody but one person in America, one person in Israel? I mean, it, 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 the Torah, the Akdama Torah is, sorry, I love him, sorry, Mayor, sorry, this, sorry, that. I, I will speak about this. There's something, there was an advertisement, there's an advertisement that appears in the Modia on a regular basis. I forgive them the Parnassah, the Modia, and it's a wonderful thing that they have Parnassah. But it goes like this. I asked Reb Chaim Kanievsky what to do about all the Tsars in America, and he answered, they should say, Now, who is this person who went to ask Reb Chaim Kanievsky? He doesn't have a Rav, there's no Rav in the city. They should, they're the ones that ask the question. My father's Reim of Racha grew up in Kovna. Uh, he was, he, he, Kovna was the Irv of Israel. It was, a, it was a very, very strong, it, it was a big Jewish community. The Dvar of Rome was called the Rav. The Dvar of Rome was a very, very big town. Chochem, it was a nichbat b'yoyse. When he would walk in the street, the Goyim would stand at attention. He was a very intelligent person. There was no way that a person community could ask him a shayla. The, the Rabbanim sat with him every whatever it was and asked the shaylas. Every person has a Rav. Should have a rough. Going straight there is not an etzah, and that's why I, I would I would like to think that the person should ask a shaila. That's correct, but 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 this <coughs> habit of everybody asking it doesn't produce great things. It's 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 um, it, it has so many downsides to it that that I think it's one of the problems. Yes. How does one, you know, one of the greatest, you know, things that you have is the ability to rationalize. Yeah. And so, <laughs> okay. so tell what? You know, how do you, you know, keep yourself, you know, level where, you know, we can rationalize away anything. And, and you also can't, you know, on the flip side, you can't call a rub every 10 minutes, right? How much should I owe the Mexican guy? What about the right? How do you, you know, keep yourself straight where you're kind of talking to yourself throughout the day, especially when it comes to DNA mamanos? and keep yourself honest that way? You know, the first thing is, if a person at least has a list of things that he, that he had a suffix about, a person, a person has, you know, it, it, it can't be that you run every 10 <coughs> minutes, but you accumulate over some time things that, that you felt you're not sure if you did right or not. And at least if you're open enough and willing to ask about it, then that itself, it, it, that itself is something that will allow you to correct yourself. Um, you know, and, and usually these things are patterns. So if you find yourself doing this, this again, again, so ask, sit down and ask somebody who is, you know, who, who's your rav, and, and get a feel for it. Yeah. Okay.
nobody's asking, I'll ask a second question, but somebody has a, uh, I want to just tie into this thing, because uh, this book, a magazine wrote I thought a great piece about a month ago about uh, Joel Wasserman, who's a former professor at Harvard Business School now at USC, and he talks a lot about best practices. So if you're really trying to build a great business practice, you don't yeah. yell at your employees. This is not a great culture you build. You're to build a great culture and a, a leading company, right? So I think what we lack a little bit, except for certain people, is people that really understand how to build in the business world because a lot of it, doing the right thing actually is the most profitable thing as well. Build, you know, you, that's just the way it is, right? But either people have um, knowledge of the Kush Mishpat part of the yeshiva world and get the business don't always have the knowledge of building great organizations or like that. Or on the secular side, you have people who know a lot about building great business but don't understand the nuances of the Jewish world. And I, I think ultimately it would be great to sort of mesh the two sides, because in the reality of it, you don't fire people without just cause. It's not a good business practice. Forgetting about what the luxury is about Jews and having food for campers, it's just not. Employees don't want to work in fear every day that they're not going to lose their job for no reason, or because your brother-in-law needs a job and you're going to fire this guy and hire your brother-in-law. It's not a good way to build a great organization, right? So I think there is a measure where you can actually meld these two things together and actually to make more money and do the right thing at the same time. Right? Fine. That, the, the problem is what happens, two things. So if somebody sits and lectures to me how to build a great corporation, okay, but I have a deli and I have a worker who has to do the 100 deliveries out of Shabbos. So in other words, I'm not building a big corporation and if I squeeze the person more for more work and this and that, I seem to be gaining. There's a, there's another part to it where a person needs to understand um, what am I is it right or is it wrong? Um, the Rambam is such a powerful Rambam. The Rambam says even though technically a person can insult um, an Evet Kneini, the Rambam says a Jew is a Rachman, and he says and 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 it's a midas achzorius, so it has nothing to do with the, the Evid, it has to do with you. And the Rambam says, and he says, this is one of those powerful arguments, he says, we stand in front of Rabbi Yisraelam, and we say, you know, ke'ene shifchal gevirta, ke'ene Evid al-adonov, we're looking at you like an Evid is looking to his Adon, for mercy. And Akash Baruch says, yeah, and, and so I'll treat you the way you treat your Evid, or your gevirta. It's, it's one of those powerful arguments. Um, so, um, it's good if you can add the sweetener that at the end of the day this is good business practice. But I, I, but but it, it's a, it's a, it's an additive. It's like it's like the people who, who explain that kosher food is healthier for you. It's helpful maybe, but sometimes there'll be a conflict. To make that case about Cholent is not an easy easy case to you know. It, it, you know, you had the story. You remember the story moving Purtin and Boston? Yes. I mean, there's a great story, right? Now. That's a that's a very good yes, that's a very good story. They had burned down right before Christmas, and he paid all this. I, I want to that month, that okay? correct. That's and a he, good story. It's it's the way you should act, but it has nothing. And I don't know I don't know how his business went afterwards. I think just. I, I, I stressing the moral component is 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 very important. It's helpful sometimes, like it says, you know, dear return it's a her if you say in the end of the day the business also proves. But but as Eden, I think the, the emphasis should be on that. Yes. 
in my experience, you know, in finance and business world and sales and whatnot, the the, the rush she uh, mentioned that you know there's there's a, it's a many times a gray area. Yeah. And it, it, it's a very difficult area to navigate. So the example that I see, and I think a lot of other persons here see, is you know there's a lot of conflict of interest many times in business. Right. Um, and how to navigate that, for example, the company <coughs> is saying sell service product X Y Z, and you realize the client probably the best thing for the client is X, and the company say you need to sell Y. You don't sell Y, your job is on the line. And it's not bad for the client, but X is better. And you're constantly in a situation where you feel and your conscious is saying, X is better, X will pay me more, X will pay the company more, but Y is probably the better choice for the client. And you're always, you know, and you're saying, well, I should do the good thing and sell Y, but then you'll get reprimanded. And then, but if I sell X, it's not, the client's going to be paying more, the client's going to need this, and you're constantly in that cycle. And you're constantly trapped. So you're either underperforming or you're not doing what the company wants, but you're not doing, and it's it's almost avoidable. So how do, how do you navigate this? Like what, what you know? I know it's a very specific question, but it's it's a, a kind of constant in the business world, and, and especially in sales. Um, Is it wrong it, to sell? Is it better to listen to clients, the company? So okay. It's not, okay it's not I I, I right. don't I I don't want to. I don't want to pass in here. It's not, not the right setting, not the right... Uh, um, but this is a very, very important um, halacha. It's a very important shayla. Um, it, it falls under um, lifneiva. It falls under being, you know, yatsura. It falls under many other categories. You need to sit down, ask a shayla, with somebody who understands the fields, you need to know, is this something that this is where you should draw your panasa from, if, if, if there's no way around it? It depends. Are, are you pushing it as one of many different options with <coughs> advantages that it does have? So even though the big picture is, if he, if he were to make a cheshmer, take everything into cheshmer, maybe something else would be better for him. But as long as your presentation is, is, is okay, you're telling him, you know, the miles of your product without, uh, you know, not, not lying about it. That's a different story. It, it, it really depends on the details. And, you know, it may be that it's something that a person should stay away from. Yes, it's, it's unfortunate. It's, I, I know this is very true about different health insurance plans and things of that nature where people are buying something they really don't need and it's not an advantage for them. Um, it's, so... In the big picture, it depends a lot about what your role is. Are you misle- Are you leading somebody, or are you emphasizing what is what is um, what's good about the plan, and you know, and and, and so on. I, it, but but you know, you, your person needs to think twice. It, it, even even if halakhically we'll say that um, it's okay, do I want to spend my life? Um, really um, to the detriment of people that I'm serving, you know, at the end of the day uh, it, 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 it's something that you need to sit down with the details with somebody that you see as your Rebbe Rav and go through it and, and I understand it's a very tough Shiloh yes and then touching on what Ami was 
saying as well in a different way. I feel like one of the biggest challenges in the business world, especially in a secular business world, is that everyone needs, everyone needs to be very laid back and very casual about things. And that all automatically right then and there is, is sucking people in to drop their guard. And you, there really has to be a proper balance in terms of, okay, how much do I want to play the game, so to speak, in terms of just being very laid back, be able to schmooze with people. Schmoozing can get so casual sometimes that you're no longer acting the way that you feel like is appropriate to act, but that's the way that people are doing things. That's the way that it's expected to, to be able to, um, to act in that role, especially in more of a management role, because you have to be able to interact with just about everybody. So where's that, where's that balance? I mean, obviously we want to be able to be thinking properly, but when you're so immersed in that world, it's a little more different, like we're talking about, it's easy, much easier to rationalize, but at the same point in time, you do need to be able to interact. Just about everybody. So, on some of the areas, and sometimes we fall about Professor Wasserman. Professor Wasserman has a brother, big Talmud Chacham, um, Harvard Law School graduate Ari Wasserman, who's written a book, Making It Work, and he's about to put out another book um, about women and their special issues in the workplace. Well, he, just, he touches on a lot of his halachic issues and a lot of his practical issues. I, I would highly recommend it. He doesn't, he doesn't give psukim. He, he gives. He goes through the different challenges, different approaches people have used, and different approaches as far. It's it's a, it's a, it's an extremely. I mean, it's a very honest and and structured work. It's amazing. Um, I guess part of the decision that a person makes before you know when he makes the transition from a very insulated yeshiva world to the outside world is how much do I want to be part of the society. It is natural for a normal person to want to be fully integrated in society around him. And it takes three things in saying, let me see what that line is. I'll never be like them. I will never fit in. If a person wears a yarmulke, which is good, I'll be different. So in New York, a yarmulke is, you know, it's part of the course, so, you know, it doesn't put your... So, but I will be different. And the, the compensation for it is going to have to be the merit of my work. That's the only thing I can do to, to make me... They're going to say, you know, this guy's a little bit of an oddball, but doesn't mix well, but he really does amazing work. That's the only way we can compensate for it. But it, we, we pay a price for... You know, for the the half dollar when you saw the amin, we're moved up, we're different, and and part of it will have to be and, and so certain things like a yarmulke is a thing. So you wear a yarmulke, wear a yarmulke. How to act so that I don't become one of the guys, and yet I'm I'm chilled out enough that I could work with it is is um and it would be very nice <coughs> if people would have. People who've gone through the workplace have done well and yet have retained our, our people that are admired to speak about these things. And again, I Wasman writes about a lot of these things. He's been there, he'd been in a, in a law firm, he's in business, and today he mostly sits and learns and I think he has investments and stuff. But he's been there and, he's, and, he, and he writes about and he's collected, especially the book about the women. He's, he actually interviewed dozens and dozens of from women in the workplace and presents their challenges, and there's a lot of differences of opinion in, in terms of what challenges were strong, how to get around it, what did they find challenging, you know, but at least it gives a person a sense of it. But you're right, one of those things you're going to have to um, predetermine 
and make it clear make it clear to yourself is I will always be an odd man out there's no choice there's uh, you know and that's and that's why we're different that's why you know we're we're uh, one of the one of the Havdolas being so lamin we're as different as light and, and dark yes maybe one more question for someone didn't ask uh, what no, and, and I, I know there's a Meyer issue, so yeah, well, sorry. Um, it seems that a lot of the conflict um, arises from our interaction with the legal system and with, and with the boy. And although I agree with the Hero's guests more deep, but what is the model, that maybe you can help us model this particular scenario, what is the role uh, which the Jew, and what is the model, the ideal, to which the Jewish Balichuva uh, or a prom person is expected to live up to when interacting with the legal system and the, and the going, in as much as um, it seems to me that some of the justice and some of the evolution of civilization came through our light that we brought to the group. Right. So, is there, uh, can you help us model, like you said, in the story? What, is there an expectation? Well, the Noah are commanded to have a legal system. It is one of the Zion missing Noah. As long as the legal system is reasonable, and and you know in halacha in in the big model a tendency towards being authoritarian is is fine, even if it's kind of harsh and strong. But society needs to be held in check. It needs to be ruled. You know, so as long as it's reasonable and fair. You know, as I speak about dinam alchusa, as long as it's, it's reasonable and fair, it's you living by them obligates you to abide by it. Um, the, the problem was, like they mentioned before, there was a time when it was not, it, 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 I mean, reasonable and fair were words that no way could have, could have fit the laws, in, 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 you know, in, in the good days in Eastern Europe. So, you know, the, so, but today, I don't think, you know, I, with all the complaints and everything, at the end of the day, I, I cannot imagine any rational person making the argument that it's not, uh, you know, it's not reasonable. So, so they're supposed to do that. That's what they're supposed to do. They're supposed to, halachic, people make a mistake. The halach, I don't want to go off with it, but the, 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 the system of mishpat in Klaus or Chayshe Mishpat is on a much higher madrega because it's not about keeping law and order. It's about emulating a Kaddish Baruch Hu and actually, um, again, it's late, I'm not going to go with it. There are, we augment, the Ran speaks about this, the Rashbi speaks about this. The, the ideal situation was Sanhedrin would pass in the halacha alpi mishpat. The king was making sure that there are no gaps that people are getting away with it, and he would enforce authoritarian rule on those things. So, and, and this was discussed a little bit when they founded the state of Israel, the pre-founding it. Rabbi Moser wrote about reference these halachas. Um, there's a need to fill in with practical <coughs> laws to keep to keep law and order. Um, so, so as long as, as as what they're doing can can be understood to be that way, we have to we, we need to go along. Even if, yeah. Do you think that some of the evolution of let's say uh, American society is far removed from the Mitzrayim? It still has many of the elements, but it's certainly a lot more just probably than the Mitzrayim. Do you think that the, the role of the Jew in the society is to shine some of this light to allow the society to going to learn from, from a little bit from how things are supposed to be done and which level to aspire to for the going to show them 
my chinuch, our chinuch has been that yes, we're supposed to shine a light. The way we shine a light is by 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 glowing. In other words, um, to go around with a flashlight um, shining on other people's faces was not the the way to go about it. If a Jew acts, if an Orthodox Jew acts the way he should, and he's working with non-Jews, and they say, you know, this is a man of his word. This is somebody who doesn't play around, doesn't fool around. It's somebody who's got his strange laws, but he never, ever bends corners with it. That's a light. You know, big, big shining projectors are last very short and, and don't do much. Um, somebody recently spoke to me about they want to make this huge, not, not, nothing about your type, something else, this huge gathering of proclamations. I said, that stuff is nonsense. You know, it's one by one by one. If a person acts the way you should act, that is a light for nation. And even if two people saw it or three people saw it, but if everybody would act like that, it, it would have tremendous... If people would say, yeah, if you hire these Jews with the, with the funny, with the cap and, and, and this and that, they're kind of strange, but... You, you know, a word is a word, and 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 an hour of work is an hour of work, and and there's something about, and never raise their voice, and you know they're always civil and so on and so forth. Believe me, that that would be a tremendous light for the nations, maybe even for us. You know that it might it might even actually. Okay, Seder. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.